The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Up Close with Chris Tinney. Don't forget to visit ChrisTinney.com for more information about today's topics and download the new Spread Peace app that makes it easy to take action and advocate for the causes you care about. And now, here's your host, Chris Tinney. Welcome back to another edition of Up Close with Chris Tinney. Folks, what a week we've had with everything going on in the news and the, the elections and everything happening. And then we have Cecil the Lion come up and it's taken over on social media. So I wanted to have a very special guest on today because, you know, this show is about giving you actionable information, things that you can go do and, and, and feel good knowing that you're having a real impact. And this show is, is no different. Today, we're going to have Jonathan Kraft, the founder of Keepers of the Wild. They rescue big cats, lions, tigers, and other animals. And they come from a variety of sources. I think you'll be surprised where some of them come from. Um, and as I read this stuff in the news about Cecil the Lion, I, I, I reached out to him and I was so happy he could be on because people are not aware of what's happening out there with these big trophy hunts with what's going on. And, you know, the African lions are down to, uh, what, they say there's ten to 15,000 free-roaming African lions, which is down from about 50,000 uh, a, a, a year ago. Yeah. And, um, Jonathan, uh, let me just, just real quick, I, I'll get to, to Keepers of the Wild here, and I want to tell people who you are. But, but I'll tell you, what do you think about these big trophy hunts and, and what you see in the news? Well, you know, I, I, obviously, trophy hunts, I think, are appalling. And, uh, you know, for many reasons, it's... Uh, uh, incidentally, I don't like any kind of hunting for that matter, but uh, certainly not trophy hunts. Uh, it always seems that they're picking on, like they said, it's done for a trophy purpose, and they're always picking on the, the best and the most beautiful. You know, they would never pick a sick animal or, uh, you know, as in deer, for instance, they're always going for the biggest and the best and the biggest rack and so on and so forth. But certainly with, with Cecil the lion, uh it was just really, it's just really disgusting what this uh, gentleman did, and, and in general, um, it's not a good thing. Uh, first of all, I think these animals should be left alone, uh, and second of all, um, they don't understand, a lot of people don't understand the impact, for instance, with a, a male lion, the impact it has on the pride. As you well know, everybody was scared for a while that perhaps the brother uh, who would... Um, uh, protect the cubs that were perhaps his and, C- and uh, Cecil the lions. Um, they would be uh, uh, decimated by another lion coming in because that's what males do. Uh, if one lion is chased out of a pride, and the first thing they do is kill the cubs so that the females would come back in estrus and and say they could mate with them, and and so it, it has an impact on 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 the entire pride, and it's kind of sad. Uh, and, and additionally. Um, uh, you know, this animal suffered greatly. He was shot with an arrow, and, and you know, they tracked him down for 40 hours, and, uh, you know, and then they finish him off, um, which I think is for a beautiful, majestic animal like that is just absolutely appalling. And I know that a lot of the opposite party, you know, they, they, they have an argument from, well, you know, it's, it's good for the economy of the country. They're poor people, and, 
you know, I, I realize there are thousands of animals being killed uh, every year, and it, it is all about the money. But unfortunately, uh, people cannot be that naive that the money doesn't go to the people. It goes to the politicians, goes in their pockets, and, and, and uh, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's just wrong all the way around. You know, it's just, it's just sad. Yeah, well, you know, that, you know, he paid more than $50,000 to go on this hunt, and there were two people out there with him, and one of them apparently rolled over and said that they lured the lion out with a carcass. And yeah. I, know, I know from seeing, you know, your lions and tigers and, and other sanctuaries, you know, these lions, they don't attack. They're not running away. They're, they're used to seeing people. Right. It doesn't, right. doesn't seem like it's much of a hunt. Wouldn't a, a lion like that probably wouldn't think he's under any kind of threat, wouldn't he? Exactly, and 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 you know, and today, I mean, I don't even know why they call hunting hunting. Even here in this country, I mean, right. you know, they've got these blinds, and they're sitting up there, and they're throwing food on the bottom of the blind on the ground, and they're waiting for the poor animal to come in. It's like shooting fish in a barrel. I mean, you know, that's not hunting. Let's face it, and uh, um, and uh, you know, with with trophy hunts and cant hunts. It uh, these animals, you're right. I mean, if you want to shoot an animal, shoot them with a camera, and uh, and that way the the real people in in these countries uh, can benefit from the tourism and the trinkets that they make and 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 the other services that they can provide to the tourists. It's far more profitable to the local people than uh, the big game hunters. And 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 what do you? How do you get off on on? Killing a majestic animal like that so you can take his head and his skin and lay him on your floor in your living room or hang him on your wall. I mean, how repulsive is that? I just, I just don't get it. I don't, I don't understand the mentality. And, um, uh, you know, with cant hunts is even worse. Uh, you know, there is, and, and including in Africa, by the way, it's not just the wild cats. A lot of, a lot of big cats there are bred in, in small, appalling uh, facilities and then, uh, they're turned loose, and, and uh, you know, the, the hunters are sitting there waiting so that the animal comes out in the open, and then they turn around and shoot him. And, you know, same thing in this country. There is, I don't know, 360-some-odd canned hunts in, in this country alone where animals like that are being shot and bred, by the way, for that purpose only. And they're being shot in, in, in a fenced-in area. Uh, some of them are even as bad as shooting them in the back of a horse trailer just so that they can say, I shot a lion, and now they have a trophy. I mean, you know, where do people get off? I mean, where does yeah. it end? And uh, incidentally, um, I've heard as big a figures as uh, anywhere from six to 10,000 lions are being killed in Africa annually. Males going if this particular case was 55,000, but I heard an average of females going for 8,000, males are going 40,000 on up. Wow. And uh, we're talking about big business, big money. You know. Well, that's the same thing with the rhinos and the, and the elephant tusks. They think there's some kind of uh, healing oh. benefits, and it's been proven that it's not true, and, and yet they're, they're still killing these animals. And It's uh, not. You know, I, in prepping for the show, I was reading that we're leaving, we're losing an entire, uh, an entire populate species of animal right. or plant every 20 minutes, every 20 minutes, right. and that's amazing. Uh, I'll tell you what I want to do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna clear a break real quick, and then when we come back, we're gonna talk. You mentioned something about people that are raising them. You know, we've had so far uh, 75 deaths uh, of big cat, 21 big cats so far of tigers, lions, jaguars. These, these are being kept as exotic pets. These aren't out in the wild. These are people that have. Uh, rep 
reptiles. We've had rattlesnakes, constrictors, but bears, four bears so far. So when we come back from this break, we're going to talk to Jonathan Kraft. Uh, but before we do that, we'll learn a little bit more about Keepers of the Wild at keepersofthewild.org, a great organization that's rescuing big cats, lions, tigers. If you want to uh, do some good in the world, share their page, go to their page and show them some love. We'll be right back after this break. Would it be crazy if you just stopped everything, packed your bags and left for a week, a month, a year? What if you left for two years? Would people think you'd lost your mind? What if you were going far away to help in a village on the edge of the Gobi Desert? A village crowded with Buddhist temples, not skyscrapers. A place where there isn't a word for recluse, but a thousand words for community. Would it be crazy to go 5,000 miles from home? To spend time with people the rest of the world only reads about? To build libraries and fill them with stories? Prepare a meal with food you helped grow? To teach children and learn a thing or two about yourself? Would that be crazy? Peace Corps. Life is calling. How far will you go? To find out more, call 1-800-424-8580 or visit peacecorps.gov. Do you know a nonprofit that could use more money to accomplish their mission? Are you working for a charitable cause right now and need funding to do more? Nonprofitfundraising.com is dedicated to helping nonprofits and charities raise the funds they need. Discover the best fundraising ideas of 2015 and compare your fundraising results with others. Learn how to grow your organization and connect with more supporters at nonprofitfundraising.com. That's nonprofitfundraising.com. Welcome back to Up Close with Chris Tinney. To call in and be part of the show, dial 1-866-472-5788 from anywhere in North America. That's 1-866-472-5788. And now, back to the show. Welcome back to Up Close with Chris Tinney. Our guest today is Jonathan Kraft, the founder of, of Keepers of the Wild, keepersofthewild.org great organization. They're rescuing big cats, lions, tigers, and other exotic animals. I did get in trouble the last show. They said I didn't give out the number. It's on the front and the, uh, on the bumpers that we have. But if you do want to call in and ask a question or a comment, 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. And I am monitoring our Facebook page and have the producer looking at our Twitter account as well. So if you have questions, you can do that. Jonathan, uh, boy, I'll tell you, I, 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 news, we were just talking about the woman who killed the giraffe and she was on Good Morning America defending her actions and saying they have a heart. We could go on a lot about that. But I want to get to the, some of these other problems with people keeping these animals as pets, because I know that's where Keepers of the Wild gets a, a lot of the animals that you rescue. Um, maybe you can share with people a little bit about, I know you're a nonprofit 501c3 and have over 140 different exotic and, and wild animals that you've rescued. Could you share a little bit about your story, too? Because I, I, you know, I really know you have the heart. I mean, anybody that has met you knows that this, this is your life and the connection you made when when tigers were added to your act in Las Vegas was really the bat story with our listeners. Well, you know, it's uh, uh, to make a long story short. I, you know, I obviously I started off in, in in showbiz being exposed to big cats and bought two baby tigers for all the wrong reasons and and soon realized that uh, this is not a life for an animal. And and once again, as if you go to our our. Um, uh, our website that you can see the story uh, of of you know, what really happens to these animals, uh, no matter how well you treat them, 
to be transported in a box and to sit backstage to get their 15 seconds on stage and back in the box, back in, back in the cage. It's, it's just uh, absolutely uh, horrendous uh, life for these animals, um, no matter how good your intentions are. And so... Uh, having said that, uh, that's the reason I, I left the show business part of it and started to realize that these animals um, and really needed a voice, and uh, hence a lot of bills being passed. As you all well know, ADI, Animal Defenders International, is very active in getting bills passed in seven different countries now, taking all animals out of circuses. And as you all well know, also Barnum & Bailey uh, just uh, said they're going to retire all their uh, all of their elephants by 2018. I wish they would retire all of their animals because it's just not a thing for um, uh, for an animal uh, to be, you know, treated and 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 to be confined like that. Having said that, uh, you know, there is also a lot of animals that uh, people are hoarders, or they think it's cool to have a lion or a tiger in their backyard, and and consequently, we, you know, sanctuaries are full of of animals that that either get confiscated or people can't handle them anymore or the neighbor kid gets their arm chewed off because they don't have the proper safety protocols in place and and so on and so forth. Um, uh, you know, we get animals, we get requests for animals all the time, and, and it's, it's, there's just not enough room uh, to uh, bring them all in. And so consequently, a lot of them get put down or euthanized or worse yet, they get sold to can't hunt, you know. What, what what does somebody say to you when they have a? I mean, I know a couple of years ago when I spoke to you, uh, law enforcement had turned over or, or was talking to you about turning over lions and tigers that they were getting from drug dealers. What does somebody say when they call you? I have a lion and I can't take care of him. How do they even explain why they are in the possession of such an animal? Yeah, generally, you know, generally what'll happen is either the animal is about to be, uh, for instance, the couple in Minnesota that had a couple of tigers and. And they had all the right intentions. Uh, uh, you know, uh, they found out that their zoning did not permit them, and so they moved to a different county, and they didn't permit it. And sooner or later, after all the battles, uh, court battles and everything, the sheriff was going to come in and shoot the animals. It's that simple. And so and then, of course, wow. they call us and they, you know, tell us their sad story. And then either we have room, hopefully, and so that we can go in and, and get the animals. But in a lot of cases, it's not the owners that will contact us. It is, it's agencies that will contact us, either USDA or uh, Fish and Wildlife Services that uh, say, look, uh, you know, we're a matter of fact, as I'm working on a case right now, which uh, today is today the third or the fourth? Today is the fourth. The fourth, yeah. They're in court today somewhere in Ohio, as you all know, this guy that released all these cats, and a lot of them end up getting shot, and the guy committed suicide, and so on and so forth. And there is a case going on there right now that's been going on for quite a while, and where the state has confiscated the animals, and we're, uh, we're supposedly getting two of them. One is a liger and one is a cougar, and so that should be happening this week. And um, uh, if we don't take them, then generally these animals get put down, you know. So it's it's really a tragedy, you know. If you think about, there is uh, probably about thirty five hundred tigers in the uh, in the wild left uh, in the entire world. These are Bengal tigers, about four hundred Siberian. There's about seven hundred, about seventy five hundred uh, tigers, Bengal tigers, in people's backyard in the U.S. alone. It's kind of ridiculous. If you how many? How, how many are in people's backyards? Well, Seventy-five hundred. There's about fifteen thousand big cats in the U.S. in people's backyards. Ten percent of those are in sanctuaries and zoos. 
So wow, yeah, it's kind of it's 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 way out there, and so. Ohio has now passed laws that they don't want any in people's backyards, and so they're starting to shut them down. And consequently, the animals have no place to go. And as you're well familiar with, Chris, that, you know, we're working on building a very large facility, about 2,200 acres, to be able to accommodate some of these animals. Yeah, I'm really excited about that that project there. And if people go to Keepers of the Org, you can find out about their current operation in Valentine and their and their plans for that large facility where they can take in and even more. Uh, right, Jonathan. I mean, I I've seen your videos and I saw you on lots of newscasts and and other things. You know, you you obviously can go in the cage. Well, I mean, obviously, you, you, I've seen you know you go in the cage with the tigers. Do you right. does does the average person really have the ability to to know how to raise a, a tiger or a lion? Is it something that Not be... really, and a lot of people think, you know, and... and, and I mean, they look you know, so cute, I, I, you want to run up to them, you say, oh, wow, and you think, you know, you think they're fine, but even like that guy that was living with the bears up in Alaska, eventually, I mean, something yeah, happened. It, it is, it's, it's a time bomb, and, and, you know, generally now these days when I go in is because I have to, or medically I have to look at an animal, or I have a real close bond with them, but generally it's not a good idea, and I try not to... Uh, I've right. even thought about removing those videos because people get, no matter how big a disclaimer you put on something like that, people, it, it, it is just not, they are wild animals, they are dangerous, and each and every time that I do that, it's, it's just not a good thing to do. Mm. Uh, they are wild animals, and we should remember that. And, um, and people say, well, if you raise them from cubs, they say, you can't tame them. That's not true. I've got cats that I've interacted with that we got as adults, and I've got cats that I cannot interact with that we got as cubs. And so uh, it's, it's, you know, it, it is like saying to a layperson, uh, well, here is a, uh, uh, a, a, a race car. Why don't you go take it around the block? More than likely you will kill yourself because you have no idea on how to handle something like that with that much power. And so it does take uh, a person that has been around them for a long time, and you have to watch. Their, they all have personalities and mood cycles. And, and there is times that I look at a cat that I say, no, I'm not going to go in today because it's just not, you know, it's, it's, it's an expertise thing. And so people think that because an expert can do that, that everybody can do that as a race car driver can handle a race car, a layperson cannot. And so it requires training and long, long time spending with animals and observing them before I would uh, recommend, which I would never recommend to do so. But, uh, you know, having said that, I, I used to be in showbiz, and I can't deny that. And I used to think the other side of the spectrum, and I've changed my mind, not because I've ever gotten hurt, but because it's, I just realize it's just, not the proper thing to do, and people do get hurt uh, trying to do this. A lot of people get hurt, by the way. Yeah, well, I mean, they're such a beautiful animal, and the connection... Yeah, and inevitably, uh, by the way, it's the animal's fault, and then the animal gets destroyed because somebody got chewed up by the animal, and it's it's kind of sad if you think about it, you know. Yeah, yeah, well, they said, broadcasting from, the, they said that he, he said that the cat shouldn't have gone out that day before the show. He knew that, you know, that it seems like there's a real connection of you knowing the animal and, and having right. that connection. Well, share with people a little bit about Keepers of the Wild. And, and so you, you got out of show business, and how did you end up start collecting all these, these big cats? Well, you know, since I already had the cats, I felt I had obviously an obligation to take care of them. And, and uh, Stephanie Powers was actually 
uh, I don't know if some of you viewers remember her from Heart to Heart. And, yeah. Uh, pretty famous actress, and and her and her ex uh, uh, used to have the, uh, or they still do, the William Holden Foundation in Africa, which was a huge sanctuary. She used to come and watch my show at the Aladdin Hotel, her and Bernadette Peters and a variety of other ones. And because I did afternoon shows, they did evening shows, and they used to come and watch me work the cats. And and um, and she's the one that actually talked me into from, you know, why don't you become a nonprofit? And, you know, since you're rescuing animals already, and and wow. I thought that was a real good idea. And, of course, I had no idea what I was in for. And, um, and um, you know, instead of making a lot of money, now I had to beg for money. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, animal sanctuaries are really to hard. Establish myself as a nonprofit, and of course, then the struggle began, and right. and we struggled for a long time, and then of course, Tina, my wife, came on board. She's been with me eighteen years, and we went through you know very hard times, and it took a long, long time to get a, a stable a facility as we have now, and a lot of people don't understand. You know, we just for the twenty-two tigers that we have, not including any of the other animals. Uh, it's about twenty thousand dollars a month just to feed them, and wow. uh, it's 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 a huge undertaking and it's a huge expense that keeps coming back every day, and um, and so yeah. there's a little bit more to it than just taking care of animals, you know. Yeah, you know, I've traveled the country and visited, you know, a few animal sanctuaries and had videos up on my website of uh, going there and, and speaking with them. It's one of the hardest nonprofits to keep funded because you know, people are real excited when you bring in that that big cat that was in the news last week. But, you know, six months from now, and, you know, and maybe they donate money because they saw it in the news. But six months from now, you're full. You have all these animals you're taking care of. All right. And, and you don't have the story. Yeah, yeah, and they got to be fed, whether you got the money or not. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, you know, I really appreciate our listeners sharing this show and going to Keepers of the Wild org. Check out the calendar. I got one. It's very cool. Has pictures of all the different uh, cat, big cats that they have on the calendar, and some baboons and some of the other animals as well. It's one way you can support. You can also click the donate button. So, so tell us a little bit about Keepers of the Wild now. What, how many different kinds of animals? What kinds do you have? And and uh, well, you know, and, the you know, latest one uh, that we got was a little grizzly bear. And- and her name is Bam Bam. She's just absolutely adorable. And uh, just to let your listeners know that what it really takes, I mean, we got a call and, and about this little grizzly bear that needed uh, a place to go because uh, she was used in entertainment business for commercial purposes, and the gentleman that owned her uh, um, signed a contract with another big company, and they didn't, couldn't use the bear, and he couldn't take the bear with her. She was only two years old. And uh, and so a variety of sanctuaries had said, well, we'll take her. And then I guess they thought about it twice. And so things went on and on and on. And it was mentioned at a convention. And then we thought, okay, she was taken care of. She went to a good place. And they changed their mind. And right. so finally we get a call on Friday. And they said, well, the bear is going to be euthanized on Sunday because we can't find a place for her. Oh. So we contacted immediately uh, an organization that... Uh, because we couldn't get there in time. This was uh, on the East Coast, and so we hired an organization to go in and, and go get the little bear and rescue her, and then we put her in quarantine. And you mean there's a bear third... transport company? There's such a thing? Oh, uh, no, it was at our <laughs> expense. It was $3,500 to go get her, and then it was another wow. uh, $6,000 to put up a little uh, quarantine wow. area for her, and then we had to build a habitat for her at a wow. cost of about $80,000. And so now you're looking at almost an investment of $100,000 to rescue one animal. And so, you know, wow. people sometimes don't understand what it takes 
you cannot just take animals in and, and expect to put them in a little cage. They have to have a habitat. They have to have a bedroom area. Uh, you know, you have to have security, double-gated entry systems, and den boxes, and platforms, and shaded structures, and so on and so forth. So it takes a lot, uh, you know, to take care of these animals. And this little bear, she's adorable, and we love having her, by the way, and, and we would do the same thing all over again. But she's going to live 50 years, you know. Wow. And so wow. that's a big investment for a long period of time, you know. Yeah, boy, that's well. What 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 kind of so with the bear? You've, they've got the habitat. Do they get fed twice a day or three times a day? Is there a difference in how you take care of the the bear versus the lions and the tigers? Do yeah, need- the bear gets fed twice a day, and of course they're omnivorous, so they get a wide variety. You know, she gets a couple of pounds of shrimp a day, and she eats anything from from grapes to kiwis to vegetables to <laughs> uh, you know a wide variety of things. She gets. Uh, uh, she gets yogurt and she gets cottage cheese and wow. <laughs> of course wow. yeah and she gets you know a variety of fish and then of course the the the, the cats uh, thank God we only have to feed them once a day but you know oh. the meat cost us an average of anywhere from two dollars and eighty to three dollars a pound well the average tiger eats ten to twelve pounds a day so do the math you know uh, it, you know it's thirty thirty five dollars wow. a day just to feed one mouth and. Wow. Um, yeah, and that doesn't. And those aren't the only kind of animals you have there. What what, what other types are, have you? Well, taken we in? have a wide variety of primates, and we have you know we have raccoons, and we have wallabies, and cotamundis, and of course we have hoofstock, deer, uh, fallow deer, mule deer. Where did you we get a wallaby? Where did you get a Where did you get a? Have been uh, rejected from places. Uh, we have ostriches, emus. Um, you know, we have leopards, of course, and and. Uh, uh, where did you get gosh. a wallaby? Yeah, we have a, a whole menagerie of, of animals, and so it doesn't really matter what kind of an animal. It doesn't have to be a super majestic animal for us to uh, come in as a rescue facility. We'll rescue anything other than domestics. We're, we're not set up for domestics, of course. And, but so, we so have you know, is, is, wolves. Or we get coyotes that we get from Arizona game and fish. We work with game and fish a lot. A lot of raptors, such as hawks and and falcons, a lot of uh, great horned owls, barn owls get uh, come to us from uh, they've been hit on the highway or they hit a wire and then we rehab them. Uh, Tina, my wife, matter of fact, has uh, has released I believe about sixteen birds in the last two months. The last one just last night, matter of fact, that was a great horned owl, and so. Wow. So when we look in our area through these mountains and, and, and canyons here, we see these hawks flying around, and we know, you know, we gave them that opportunity. Uh, next week, or this week, for a matter of fact, is we're releasing a little fox that came from a mine site where the den was blowing up, and so we've been teaching him to hunt again, and we're going to release him. So anything that we can release, we do. Obviously, that's not the case with lions and tigers, of course, but... A right. lot of indigenous animals, we have an opportunity to re-release. Does the fish and game subsidize anything? For the, no, unfortunately not. <laughs> I mean, USDA will call us and, you know, the taking animals, and but, you know, that's usually not in their budget. We're strictly privately funded. We deal on, on donations and, of course, people that come and visit the park. And, incidentally, our new gift shop is opening, so... We can bring in bigger groups. We have six restrooms now instead of one little bathroom, and, <laughs> and so uh, you know we're we're you know we're we're growing, and, um, and thank God we have a good donor base. And of course, we, social media is very important to us, 
and uh, we do direct mail. We do a variety of things to raise money, but, you know, believe it or not, that's a big part of our job every day is to find the money to take care of these animals, you know. Right, right. And, and so with the, like the, the other animals that you have, the deer and the raccoons, so it seems to me that a lot of those would be the ones that were dropped off by the fish and game? For... Yeah, fish and game, and, you know, they could either get confiscated because it's illegal to own those animals oh, and or, yeah. uh, you know, uh, many times uh, uh, mama gets hit on the road on the highway and then the babies are brought to us. And um, same thing with the coyotes, you know, the moms will get hit and, and oh, then the babies right. are left alone or sometimes people don't realize that, Babies hide in the grass while Mama is hunting, and then people see him and pick him up and take him home, and then mm. and they realize they're not allowed to have him, and then it's kind of too late. And, uh, you know, then Fish like, and Game brings it to us. At least the Fish and Game here in Arizona is good enough to do that. A lot of Fish and Games in a lot of other states will euthanize the animals. And so, but in our state, they hold on to them until they find a sanctuary they can take them, and God bless them for that, you know. Well, that's that's really nice. Is that a statute? That must be a statute that they passed. We should try and find out and get the other states to pass that. Yeah. See if they can do it. So they got to fund it. If they keep dropping off all these animals with you, they've got to yeah, fund it. Yeah, unfortunately, that doesn't happen. But, you know, they are very <laughs> patient with us. Sometimes we can't take an animal, and they'll hold on to it and, in their facility until we can take it, or they'll... Uh, place it in another sanctuary, but very rarely do, in the state of Arizona at least, do they euthanize the animals. And I know that for a fact that is not the case in a lot of other states. Yeah, I see I see that all the time. I'll tell you what, we're going to take care of a, another break here so we can finish off our conversation, folks. If you want to call in, comment, questions, 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. we are going to continue talking with the founder of Keepers of the Wild, and I'm going to share with you a page I started about shutting down the Bushman Safari Group. I've just posted a page right before I went on the air, and when I get off, I'll go over there and monitor that, things we can do, and I'll share with that. that and we'll continue talking with Jonathan Kraft right after this break. At Habitat for Humanity, why isn't question it's the answer it's why we build so that a child can live in a healthy home where they can learn and grow to their full potential it's why we build for families searching for stability and for those wanting to help themselves and their neighbors it's why we build to break down barriers and establish vibrant communities filled with hope it's why we build to offer families a hand up not a handout and to partner with them to provide a safe, decent, and affordable place to live, it's why we build. To open doors of new opportunity and the promise of a new start for a better life, it's why we build. You see, Habitat for Humanity builds so much more than houses. We build homes, communities, and hope. What will you build? Visit Habitat.org. Do you know a nonprofit that could use more money to accomplish their mission? Are you working for a charitable cause right now and need funding to do more? Nonprofitfundraising.com is dedicated to helping nonprofits and charities raise the funds they need. Discover the best fundraising ideas of 2015 and compare your fundraising results with others. Learn how to grow your organization and connect with more supporters at nonprofitfundraising.com. That's nonprofitfundraising.com. What would happen if you didn't follow the established path? If you did the unexpected? Would you feel scared? Proud? Relieved? Could you explain that helping the people of Peru improve their own community would also have an effect on your own? 
or assisting an entrepreneur in Ukraine to launch her small business, or creating a support group in Malawi for children orphaned by AIDS? What if you established your own path, one that others might follow? Would you rather make your own way, or spend your life saying, "What if"? Life is calling. How far will you go? Peace Corps. To find out more, call one eight hundred four two four eight five eight zero, or go to peacecorps.gov. Welcome back to Up Close with Chris Tinney. To call in and be part of the show, dial one eight six six. 472-5788 from anywhere in North America. That's 1-866-472-5788. And now, back to the show. Welcome back to Up Close. Our guest today, Jonathan Kraft, the founder of Keepers of the Wild, sharing with us their, how they acquire these big cats and exotic animals that some people can't keep, that, that fish and game drops off with them, and, and what it takes to actually support these animals. Uh, we talked a little bit at the beginning about Cecil the lion and that whole situation down there. I won't recap all of that, but I will let you know that if you go to com, I've just put up a page, shut down the Bushman Safari Zimbabwe group. Um, there's some things we can do. There's a couple of airlines that have banned bringing the, the trophies back, the, the, the dead, right. dead animals. Um, one has not united. I've posted their information, so you can take action there. I posted a link to their Facebook page where you can go give them a terrible rating and leave what you think of these pictures that they still advertise all over their Facebook page. And then also you can leave your comment on other things you think we can uh, do to take action. So we're not powerless in these situations. I, we, can, we can be inspired by Jonathan, who actually stepped out of his comfort zone and realized that these animals uh, were, were should be taken care of a different way and started 18 years ago, Keepers of the Wild, and started taking in these animals that were abandoned, that law enforcement would drop off, fish and game would drop off, and he's been sharing with us some of the care and feeding. You know, we talked a lot about the, the food and the, uh, I mean, just the habitat for the, the new baby bear you got in is, is going to run you six figures by the time you get all done with everything and the transport and that. And then on top of that, you have medical care and other things. What, what type of medical care do you provide there? You mentioned your rehab. Well, believe it or not, of course, particularly when animals are, are in captivity, a lot of times people don't understand uh, or do not give them the proper diets. And, and so they, uh, um, you know, they have a lot of uh, medical issues and, um, uh, and a lot of animals have been declawed. And, um, you know, when they get a little bit older, it starts to show they get real arthritic problems. And we had a tiger not too long ago that just virtually couldn't walk anymore. And he's even though he's 17 or was 17 years old, he's now a little bit older. And, and most people think, well, lions or tigers don't live that long anyway. They would probably euthanize them. And instead, we, um, we decided to take him at a huge expense uh, to California. And, um, and our vet went on board because um, to reconstruct his uh, feet. And it took actually a seven-hour surgery with, with three different veterinarians wow. uh, working on this cat to uh, reconstruct his feet. And of the terrible declaw job that they did, and uh, his name is Max. Matter of fact, he's on our website. And uh, we took him to um, uh, Jennifer Conrad, which is the Paw Project in, in Los Angeles, and uh, she is the one that had actually invented uh, or, or 
really became well known for to be able to reverse the the effects of declawing. And of course, you can't give them their claws back, but they end up cleaning his feet up. And now he's a happy camper. He's no longer in pain. He doesn't have to be on pain medication or pain management. And he's walking around, running around the habitat, and he's just a happy camper. And so that's one of the things that we do. And uh, you know, we got five cats from a magician um, a year and a half ago, and of course, we feed our cats, uh, you know, uh, beef with bones in, and we couldn't give it to his cats because they started breaking their teeth because of the poor diet and calcium deficiency, and and so consequently, we had to take those tigers in and do root canals on them, and um, and slowly but surely bring their vitamin intake back and build up their calcium, uh, uh, and so on and so forth, so that they can have a normal diet uh, that a carnivore should have. And so these are just some of the things that we deal with. Uh, you know, we've done eye surgery, and we've had to do a lot of exploratory surgery and on animals that, uh, that just have real problems. Uh, we never know what we get. And so uh, there's a little bit more to it than, than people realize and the effects of... of what happens when lay people try to raise these animals and they don't understand about diets and vitamins and nutrition and enrichment and so on and so forth. What do you, what do you think needs to happen, Jonathan? You've got 18 years you've been doing this. I mean, for 18 years, you, you continue to see people with exotic animals they shouldn't own. You continue to see that. Well, my, you know, actually, my wife has been doing this for 18 years. I've been doing it for 20 someone. I don't even well, know well. how many years. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're out. Yeah. Well, I mean, you must just walk down the street when you see somebody with a ferret or one of these exotic. I mean, I remember when ferrets were big in California and then they ended right. up, you know, killing some babies that were in their crib and then, and then they outlawed them there. And then one, I mean, you must just walk down the street and say, people don't get it. I mean, I, you right. must just be flabbergasted when you see. Yeah. What, what, what do you think needs to happen in order for us to, to is it legislation or do you think it's education? Yeah, the I mean, there or? is active legislation. Look, there will always be a black market, you know, when things get outlawed. It's, I just think mostly, uh, you know, we do a lot of field trips with kids and, and so it's all about education. You know, come and admire these animals if you can uh, admire them. Of course, today we've got the internet and thank God they can learn a lot about them. But, you know, if you can go on safaris and shoot animals with a camera, those kind of safaris are fine, and, 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 or go to a sanctuary. Uh, you know, I'm not a great, uh, um, I, I don't particularly care for zoos, because once again, is animals are in very small, confined areas. Generally, the areas that they're in are in pits. They have an active breeding program. What happens to the cubs when they get old, uh, uh, you know, when they get too big? And, you know, we all know that cubs bring in money because everybody wants to see the cubs, but yet you go to the majority of zoos, you only see one tiger habitat, one lion habitat, one, you know, of each species. So what happens to all those animals? And a lot of them go on what they call the surplus list. And then they, once again, as they end up in auctions, they end up in the wrong hands, they end up in camp hunts. And, um, and uh, those zoos need to get it too. Stop breeding these animals. And, um, yeah. um, yeah. You know, you know, and in many cases, it's appalling, and I hate to even say this, but, you know, baby giraffes in most zoos are sold before they're born, and it's it's just sad, you know. Well, and I really so, appreciate... You know, so some of those things through education and legislation, combination of both, I think is, is you know, and, and, and it's happening. It's going to probably happen in our lifetime that legislation is going to get passed 
you know, a lot of states are working on already, and, and, and the licensing is becoming stricter. In California, it's almost impossible to start, uh, uh, you know, to own private cats anymore unless you've been grand- grandfathered in. And, you know, so, and, and, and then to go back, to backtrack a little bit, Chris, with the, the remarks that you made earlier about Cecil the Lion, I mean, you know, I know that uh, this wonderful creature is gone, but I hope that his life was worth something. And uh, yeah. the public awareness and the public outcry has been phenomenal. And incidentally, I believe it is Botswana that just outlawed cant hunts in just the last week. And so I hope that these kind of things are going to uh, become a chain reaction. And, and, and of the outcry that you have had over that one animal, at least his life wasn't a waste. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, and, I, I, and, I, yeah, I agree with you. Well, share with it. <laughs> Before we go, uh, we're almost out of time here. But before we in this segment, I got to come back with another segment. But I want you to share with people where you're located at, what hours they can come see. Because there's nothing like coming out to Keepers of the Wild and seeing for yourself these these big cats and these majestic animals and the new baby bear. That is a grizzly. You said you got yeah, a little grizzly. Yeah, her name is Bam Bam. <laughs> yeah, she's about three years old now, and and uh, uh, she's just doing wonderful. Yeah. Well, uh, we're what, what, what located on, on the famous uh, uh, historic Route 66 in Valentine, Arizona, which is about 20 minutes east of Kingman. Uh, it's about an hour and a half out of Las Vegas, and um, uh, you know, uh, not what, too far what hours from Los Angeles, open? not too far from Phoenix. You know, we're pretty close to the Grand Canyon, um, uh, and and so this is just a beautiful area. People can make a day trip. Uh, we're open from nine to five. We're closed on Tuesdays. Um, we have three safari tours a day, our big feeding tour. We feed the carnivores is at 3.30 in the afternoon. And, and come and enjoy. It's, it's not that expensive, you know, and, and people can spend the whole day here if they like. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to post an event on Facebook. Maybe I can get a group of people that want to drive out there from Vegas with me, and I'll let everyone else know, and we can come out and, and see the feeding Great. time and say hi to Bam Bam. And I'll find out who makes up all these names for the animals. I love the calendar when I look at all the names of the Yeah, we're working the on a new one, and we're going to do a special tribute to the lions, and, and uh, we're thinking of, of doing maybe one page of all the lions that we've had in the past and have passed on now, but uh, because of, you know, oh, a tribute wow. to Cecil, of course. And But yeah, we're uh, our new calendar will be coming out this year, and, and uh, we're really looking forward to it. It's been very popular. Well, Jonathan Kraft of Keepers of the Wild, thank you so much for joining us up close today with Chris Tinney uh, and our show. I know everybody was anticipating this, and folks, don't go anywhere. When I come back from the break, you're going to have my final thoughts and some actions that you can take to help stop trophy hunting for good. Put the screws to the Bushman Safari group that's still advertising on Facebook, and we'll be doing all of that right after this break. I'm Elena. I have a master's degree in giving hope to children in Ethiopia. I'm John. My farm experience helped villagers in the Philippines feed themselves. I'm Nanaya. I have a degree in making an impact for generations to come. If you have a degree in agriculture, the environment, or teaching English, you actually have a degree in doing more than you ever thought possible. Peace Corps volunteers can truly make a difference in the lives of people all over the world. With your skills and education, you could help create an irrigation system for a small village in Paraguay or share new teaching methods to educators in Moldova. The experiences you'll gain in the Peace Corps will stay with you forever. This is your chance to make a real difference, a difference only you can make. Explore how the Peace Corps can fit into your future. Visit peacecorps.gov. My resume. My resume. My resume now includes... 
changing lives. Do you know a nonprofit that could use more money to accomplish their mission? Are you working for a charitable cause right now and need funding to do more? Nonprofitfundraising.com is dedicated to helping nonprofits and charities raise the funds they need. Discover the best fundraising ideas of 2015 and compare your fundraising results with others. Learn how to grow your organization and connect with more supporters at nonprofitfundraising.com. That's nonprofitfundraising.com. Welcome back to Up Close with Chris Tinney. To call in and be part of the show, dial 1-866-472-5788 from anywhere in North America. That's 1-866-472-5788. And now, back to the show. Welcome back to Up Close. What an awesome show we had with Jonathan Kraft, the founder of Keepers of the Wild. I I hope you do go to keepersofthewild.org and check out some of the beautiful animals that they have pictures and videos of there and calendars and some things you can do to support hit the donate button and you can be part of of the wonderful operation that they're doing out there as you know this show is about taking action we don't just sit around on our butts doing nothing that's why i love this show i love uh, all our listeners and i love those of you that participate on our facebook page if you go to facebook.com forward slash spread peace guy or just type in chris tenney you'll find my fan page i do reply to that myself that's not other people and also on the twitter account we also have our goodreads group where you can participate if you're on goodreads and you like kindle you can help select the authors that we have on this show so this doesn't end here uh, our phone app is released on christeney.com and we'll be talking more about that as we add more features to it but the beta version is out and this is a way for you to meet other listeners that are passionate about the same causes as you so thank you for listening to the show and thank you for sharing the show more importantly and taking action you know you know this is stuff that matters folks if you if you look at you know the human population was only 1 billion by 1800 right 6 billion by 2000 the population the, we're we're growing and growing as a human population, and the and the habitat of these animals is shrinking and shrinking. And as it does, they're moving more into our territories. We're moving more into their territories, and all sorts of things are happening. So the more awareness we can bring to people that these are not we don't want we don't want more exotic animals than the ones we have. We want to protect the 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 wild ones. Less than thirty five hundred. Lions still left, you know, tigers, uh, or excuse me, the tigers, the lions, the lions were at 250,000 was their population just a decade ago. And now it's, you know, less than 40,000. Uh, you know, these, these, these animals are going away and we can do something about it. As I mentioned before the break, I created a page at christinney.com. Stop the Bushman Safari of Zimbabwe. Uh, if you click on that link, it'll show you some things you can do. A couple of the airlines have banned being able to ship your trophy back, your dead animal, uh, but United Airlines is not. So I put their contact information, and they do pay attention, folks. Um, I also have a link to their Facebook page where they're still displaying pictures of the hunts and still advertising their services. This after we know now, because one of the people on the safari rolled over, that they used a carcass to lure Cecil the lion out of the sanctuary so they could then shoot him with a bow and arrow and then track him for 40 miles before they tried to hide his receiver. 
These are the kinds of things that are going on. That's what these big game hunters are supporting when they plop down their 50000 And as Jonathan said, if you think that money is going to the locals, you're nuts. It's going to the local politicians that are being bought off. And these safari people running these safaris that have many times no training. You know, 10 years ago in Africa, you had to go through six years of training before you could get a permit to actually lead a safari. Today, they're, they're, it's just a permit that you pay for. There's no ethics in any of this. There's no ethics in killing animals anyway, but there's certainly no ethics in this. So I thank you for being part of this show, being part of our community, and for participating on our Facebook group, our Goodreads group, and online. Because together, we really can make a difference. We really can create change. And that's what I love about my listeners, and that's what I love about this show. Can't wait till next week. We're going to meet somebody who's bicycling across America, staying in homeless shelters along the way. I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag, but you're not going to want to miss that show. I'll see you next week on Up Close with Chris Tinney. This is the end of the show. You don't have to let the conversation end now. Visit ChrisTinney.com to learn more about today's topic. Listen to past shows and connect with like-minded people. Up Close with Chris Tinney is broadcast live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel and rebroadcast online and throughout North America in select markets. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. And we'll see you next week on Up Close with Chris Tinney.